Positive reviews and subscriptions help other KISS fans to find this podcast. If you have any comments, you want to provide any feedback, you want to drop me a line regarding future topics, um, discussions, or albums or releases that you're looking forward to, you can reach me at psychocircuspodcast at gmail.com. That's psychocircuspodcast at gmail.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter. I am at RyoV on Twitter. That's at R-Y-O-V-I-E on Twitter. All right, let's get to today's communication. And today's communication comes from the latest World Tour announcement. Although not officially released through all the proper PR channels, both Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley have stated separately that KISS will embark on a world tour beginning in January of 2019. That's this coming January, um, approximately seven months away from the time I'm recording this episode. Uh, Supposedly, it's going to be a three-year world tour that would take the band to every corner of the globe. Now, this leads to the speculation that this could be the last tour. Could this really be it? Could this be the end. After a three-year world tour, the band band members are going to be in their late 60s, early 70s, and they're definitely going to need some time off before doing anything else. So yes, this could be the last tour, and it almost certainly is going to be the last tour of this type, this big, outlandish, world tour, hyped-up, huge touring machine type of tour. This is definitely going to be the last time the guys do this. I think so. You know, they may go the Rolling Stones route where, you know, they'll do a dozen shows overseas or a dozen shows in America, um, you know, for like a four-week period or, or you know, maybe they do 15 shows over a six-week period. You know, they could they could still do something along those lines, but I don't think you're ever going to see another humongous world tour or even a humongous U.S. tour, <clears throat> you know, where they go um, across the United States for the entire, maybe Canada, for uh, for the entire summer. I just, I don't see that happening anymore. This three-year world tour is probably going to be the the last time 
they're going to try something of this magnitude. And I'll be honest with you, I am going to do everything I can to at least be there for one show, if not multiple shows on this tour, because I, like I said, I think this this is truly going to be it, and I don't want to miss out on this. And um, like I said, I want to take I want to take in a couple of these shows because if it, if it really is going to be the end, I want to enjoy it for all it's worth. Now, as far as what this tour is going to consist of, only time will tell. But those of you hoping for a reunion tour, I can tell you one thing for certain. It's not going to happen. The next tour, this next world tour that they're talking about, it's going to be Gene, Paul, Tommy, and Eric. Now, that doesn't mean there can't be some guest appearances, but that's that's about the best you're going to get. Now, me, I'm looking forward to the U.S. states, and like I said, I'm going to take in more than one show on this tour, which is something I haven't done since 1996. I'm still hopeful that the things I've speculated on episodes in the past could come to fruition, like Vinnie Vincent could show up at a, at a show or two, or, or part of the tour and come out and play a song or two. Bruce Kulick could show up and play a song or two. Um, Ace Freely could show up and play a song or two. Like I'm, I'm hopeful to get that 96 unplugged type of vibe. I'm also hopeful that this is, is going to be more of a makeupless show, although I, I seriously doubt that's going to happen. I think this is going to be the in-your-face, bombastic, war paint, full costume type of tour, and, and I'm okay with that, but... I I would rather, at this stage of the game, I would rather KISS go the other way and do what they do like on the opening night of KISS cruises where they just come out, they're relaxed, they're in street clothes, no makeup, and they just really focus on the songs and they play you some rarities as well as the hits. That's that's what I would like to see. But again, you know, it, it's KISS. If it's going to be over the top and, and full makeup and war paint, that that's fine too. I'm still I'm going to go see it. I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to love it. And, you know, that's to be expected. But this, I think this is going to be the last time. So, um, you know, if I hear any updates, obviously I, I'll tweet them out. I'll, um, a future episode, maybe, you know, I'll, I'll revisit this. Um, but that's what I've heard for now. So nothing concrete, nothing about when it's going to start, where it's going to start, how many, you know, where it's going to go to, um, how many shows are going to be done. Nothing like that has come out yet. Just the news that there will be a world tour and it will start in January 2019. So look for uh, more information on that in a upcoming future episode. All right, let's get to the album for this episode, which is Killers. And Killers was released on June 15th, 1982 on Casablanca Records. Now, the band members for this album are Paul Stanley, who did the vocals, rhythm guitar, lead guitar, and bass guitar on certain tracks. Ace Freely did lead guitar and backing vocals. Gene Simmons did vocals and bass guitar. Peter Chris was on the drums, Eric Carr was on the drums, Anton Fig was on the drums, and Bob Kulik was on lead guitar for four select songs. This album was produced by Michael James Jackson and 
kiss. And if you're wondering how Peter and Eric and Ace and Bob Kulik are all on the same album, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, um, as most of you fans probably know, Killers is a compilation album. If you didn't know that, then uh, you know it now, and I'll get more into that in a moment. So the track listing for Killers is as follows. The opening song is I'm a Legend Tonight followed by Down On Your Knees, and those were two new songs that KISS recorded specifically for this album. Then Cold Gin, Love Gun, Shout It Out Loud, and Sure Know Something. That wraps up side one. For side two, the first song is Nowhere to Run, followed by Partners in Crime, and those were two more new songs that KISS recorded specifically for this album. So they recorded four songs in total um, for this particular compilation album and i'll get into that more as this episode goes on uh after partners in crime is detroit rock city which was a sh- an edited version a shorter edited version of that song uh followed by god of thunder i was made for loving you which was also an edited version a shorter version and then the live version of rock and roll all night wraps up this album the live version which comes from um alive the alive record as for the album cover on this record, uh, the album cover for Killers, I, I think this is a pretty cool album cover. Although, I will admit, I'm not a fan of the short haircuts that the band was sporting at the time. Now, this album cover photo was taken during the Elder Sessions, so it, was, it wasn't a new photo that was used for this record, which, which makes sense because Ace was all but out of the band by this point, and it's doubtful that he even would have showed up if the band had decided to do a new photo shoot. So they, they took fo- a photo shoot that came from the music from the Elder Sessions. And for those of you who can hear my co-host in the background, <coughs> I apologize. Uh, that's one of my four-legged friends who uh, always wants to seem to get on the podcast. <laughs> so apologies for that. Back to the album cover for Killers. So the cover features the KISS logo in the upper left in a deep purple shade outlined in yellow. And then to the right of the logo is the album name, Killers, which is done in what appears to be electric letters in blue. Um, There's a fuchsia-colored triangle behind the band and what seems to be an electric light strip behind that. In the forefront are the four members of the band. From left to right, it's Gene, Eric, Ace, and Paul. Paul has the purple headband on that I've always hated, and as already mentioned, everyone has shorter hair, most notably Gene Simmons. Ace is wearing his lightning bolt shirt costume, and Gene has an altered version of his demon costume. And you can't really tell what Paul and Eric are wearing based on the photo, but I would imagine they're wearing elder-based costumes um, from that tour that got scrapped. As album covers go, Killers is a pretty decent one. It has all four members of the band front and center. Uh, The colors are loud. The logos pop. It's easy to spot this album from afar. So I would put this somewhere in the middle of the rankings for Kiss album covers, going from best to worst. You know, it wouldn't make a top ten, but it'd be somewhere right in the middle. Now, this is the first, also the first album cover that gives us a full view of Eric Carr's makeup. Remember, Music from the Elder had a picture of a hand on a door knocker and not the band members. So this will be the first time that some, or, or perhaps even a lot, of fans 
got to see Eric Carr's Fox makeup. Um, so I like that, you know, it was prominent, it was front and center. Fans could get a good look at it. Now, the fans that could get a good look at it were European fans mostly because this album, this compilation album, was released only released overseas, and thus this became one of the harder albums to get into my collection. Now, I think I paid double the price of a regular album just to get my hands on the cassette version of this back in the day. Now, as noted on uh, the previous bonus episode, the episode that we did last week, Kiss had pretty much hit rock bottom by the time Killers was recorded. They were they were down to two original members, sales had sunk, and they hadn't toured in the U.S. in, in almost three years. These were definitely troubled times for the band. Now... For the release of this album, the record company requested that songs be added to the package, which it was an innovative idea at the time. Nowadays, you know, when bands put out greatest hits album, for the most part, they'll record a new song or two or three. Um, you know, so people that are rebuying the material will have something new to go with it. But at the time, Greatest Hits albums didn't include that, so this was an innovative idea. Now, specifically, the record company had asked for hard rock songs, alluding to the fact that they didn't want any more pop or concept music. And I think it's fair to say that Kiss delivered on these four songs, or at least Paul did, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Now, supposedly, this album was only released overseas because the record company Casablanca felt that they were there were enough compilation and live albums in the U.S. Um, you know, at that time, Double Platinum, Alive, and Alive 2 were all available. So, personally, I think this decision was based on how album sales were, were going in the U.S. for the last two Kiss records. I mean, I never understood how you could have an album with four brand new songs not be released in the U.S., which is Kiss's home country. But, you know, I was not on the decision-making team. Not then, not now. Thus, the record quickly became a collector's item amongst the diehard fans. Now, I believe I found my first copy at a convention. As I said earlier, it was definitely on cassette, and I definitely played, paid double the price. I think I found that at a convention. And then eventually I got the CD version as well, but honestly, I don't remember how I acquired that version. I don't remember if it was, you know, during the re-release in the 90s when Kiss was putting everything out on CD and Killers was released on CD, or if I found a different CD version. But I do know I eventually got my hands on the CD, so I have the CD and the cassette. Now, regarding the four new songs, uh, these were definitely a step in the right direction for Kiss. These songs sent them back to their harder rock roots. They delivered the punch that the record company was looking for. Uh, particularly, I'm a Legend Tonight stands out as it's a great opener, and it has amazing guitar work from Bob Kulik. Now, Kulik would play on all four of the new songs, as Ace was pretty much out of the band, and although he would not officially resign from the band until after Creatures of the Night was released, he was he was out of the band. And Gene and Eric contributed the bass and drums, respectively, to the four new songs. But there's no mistaking that these were Paul's songs. And then that led fans to wonder how much involvement did Gene really have in recording these songs. Now, there's also a rumor out there that Ace played some of the guitar on the new songs, but I don't, I don't think that's true. By, by that point in time, I really believe that Ace was done. 
And that rumor carries over to say that he may have played on some of the Creatures in the Night songs as well. And again, I don't think that's true. I'll get into that a little bit more when we get to the Creatures in the Night episode. But I, I just I think Ace had tapped out, and I don't think he had any part in this whatsoever. At least nothing that was recorded. Now that's not to say you know maybe Ace sat in the studio, maybe he played a few guitar licks, maybe he went over to Paul's house and they worked something out, and then you know he just didn't show up to the studio. I don't know for sure, but I know these were Bob Kulik on lead guitar, and I don't and everything that was recorded, recorded and released. I don't think Ace had anything to do with them. No, I like the mix of the old and new that's contained on Killers. I love I love the new tracks. And I think that all four of these songs were gold. Though, I'm a Legend Tonight, to me, is by far the superior track. Now, as for the previously released songs, you know, like any compilation record, there's arguments that could be made for all the songs that were not included. And... You know, we did this when we we went over Double Platinum, and we're going to do this again when we get to future compilation records. There's always a case that could be made for the songs that weren't included. Now, first and foremost, once again, here's a compilation record without Shock Me. Now, I covered this on the Double Platinum episode, so I'm not going to revisit it too much here. But honestly, I think it's a cardinal sin that Shock Me was not included on Killers. Now, Part of that could be to get the fans used to the fact that Ace was no longer going to be around. And even though, you know, that was unknown to the public at the time, this could have been the way they were easing into it. You know, here's a record without an Ace sung song on it. Um, You know, that's speculation on my part, but, you know, maybe that was one of the reasons. Uh, The next release wasn't going to feature any Ace songs either, for obvious reasons, and then he was officially out of the band. So perhaps the band or management or the label decided that there would be no Ace songs on this album. Apparently they thought the same thing of Peter Chris because none of his songs made the cut either. Now, this could have been so as to not hurt Eric Carr's feelings, or it could have been to not confuse the fans, or it could have been just one big snub to Peter. I mean, honestly, who's to say for sure? Now, of the songs that did make the cut, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. I know it's I know it's hard to compile eight of the group's best songs for a hits record, and not knowing the parameters that they had to work in, it's very easy to criticize. You know, I don't know if they were told that they could not include songs from recent releases, but I know that I would have been a great choice for this record. Um, Certainly better than either of the two Dynasty tracks that appear. And look, I know that I Was Made For Loving You was a big hit, so, you know, that's probably why it made the record. But I is a better song, and it's way better than Sure Knows Something, which, if I recall correctly, was not a mega hit. And this would have also given the record company a chance to repackage at least one song from Music from the Elder, you know, the be- the, in my opinion, the best song from Music from the Elder, and let fans hear it. Maybe fans that didn't buy Music from the Elder, they're going to buy this compilation album, they're going to go, oh, what's this song? I, I like this. I got to hear the rest of this album. And they're going to go out and buy the entire album. But whatever the case, you know, no songs from Music from the Elder were included. No songs from Mass were included either. No no great loss there. Um, but no songs from Music from the Elder and no I. Now, Destroyer gets three tracks out of the eight. 
Um, so showing that, you know, that was still a powerhouse record seven years after it was released. And honestly, were Peter in the band, I'm sure that Beth would have made the album too, giving Destroyer four songs, unless, of course, they chopped one of them out to make room for Beth, which would be stupid, but not outlandish. Now, the decision to include the live version of Rock and Roll All Night, that was a great decision. That was the version of the song that put Kiss on the map, that blasted their rocket to fame. So it makes sense to put the live version on over the studio version. From the original three albums, if you don't count the live version of Rock and Roll All Night, only Cold Gin made the album from the original three. And that's that's really, that's kind of a shame. Again, the number of songs were limited, but there are some real gems on the first three records that could have made this album. Deuce immediately comes to mind, but I know there's others as well. So all in all, for what it was supposed to be, Killers, it's a fine album. The new songs make it worth the purchase. The classics add to the listenability of the record. And for their second studio compilation album, you know, I have to say Kiss Kiss did a fine job. You know, it wasn't as, as hearty as Double Platinum, but... You get brand new songs to go with it, and it's you know it's a stripped down version of a greatest hit set. So uh, all in all, I say hats off, fine job on Killers. Now let's get to the song breakdown, and I will preface this by saying you know I'm, the, the songs that have already been released, I'm not going to dive into those too deeply. You know I've covered those on on other episodes a couple of times. Excuse me, a couple of times in some cases. So the the heart of my focus is going to be on the brand new songs, and then I'll, you know I'll give a little commentary on the songs that have been um, that are being re-released for this compilation album. And you know if you want deeper thoughts, please go back to those episodes uh, where the songs came from originally from their original albums, and, and you can hear all about uh, my thoughts there. Uh, so the first song is I'm a Legend Tonight, and this was written by Paul Stanley and Adam Mitchell, and it was sung by Paul Stanley. And this is just flat-out spectacular. That's what this song is, spectacular. I wish this had been included on Paul's solo album or on a full Kiss album instead of being relegated to a bonus track on a Hits record. The fact that I'm a Legend Tonight gets no love is an absolute shame. This song is magnificent, and yet... Kiss has never touched it since its release. It didn't even get included on the box set. The song has gotten absolutely zero love since Killers was released, and, and that's just unbelievable. Talk about a song that Kiss needs to revisit and soon. Pull this one out, and even if the fans don't know it, they're going to be going nuts for it. It's just, it's a powerhouse of a song. They might think Kiss recorded some new music. It has all the elements. It has all the ingredients of a classic Kiss song. A hard-working man, he's waiting for the end of the day, where he's going to go, he's going to get with his girl, and he's going to be a legend. The song is basically you know, about getting through the workday so you can get to be with your girl and then, then have some real fun. That's when the fireworks start. It's simple in style, but it's expertly delivered. And the only reason I'm getting through the day is so that I can see you tonight and make you feel right. I'm a legend tonight. That's an awesome sentiment, and it it really makes me yearn for my younger days when things were simpler, and getting off of work to see your girl was the big thrill of the day. (laughs) Uh, It sucks. It sucks to be old and responsible now. 
Uh, but at least I have songs like this to remind me of how awesome the simple times used to be. And, and full full disclosure, yes, I just recently had a birthday. So um, <laughs> the nostalgic reminiscing of days gone by has been heavy with me over the last uh, couple of weeks. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm very happy with my current place in life. I'm very happy with what I have in my life. But listening to this song, it just it got me rethinking of the glory days my glory days and that's a bad thing to do i will say that because it could cause a yearning for a fictitious or perhaps an embellished past which really is a slippery slope but for the three plus minutes this song is on at full volume i truly feel like a legend next up is down on your knees and this was written by paul stanley michael Jap, and brian adams and it was sung by paul stanley and what do you know kiss co-wrote a song with brian adams how the hell did that happen and yes it is that brian adams at the time this song was written brian adams had not achieved the fame that he would get a few years later with the release of cuts like a knife he had released two albums at that point in his career but they were unknown outside of canada and and neither of them really sold well so somehow brian was brought into the fold to write this song with paul and at this point in his career, Adams would just write songs with anyone that would pay. So he, he was not against taking a gig because it paid. And I don't blame him. It's You're in the music industry. You're trying to make a career. You're trying to make a living. This guy offers you a paycheck to write a song with him. You take it. I totally, totally get that. Um, and, you know, like I said, there's just there's nothing wrong with that. It's good to make connections in the music business. And co-writing songs, it's a great way to, to do just that. And Down on Your Knees is a return to the classic Kiss sound and style of music that fans wanted and waited years to hear again. This is a song filled with sex-tinged themes in the vein of notorious classic Kiss hits. Lines like, she's alright, cause she's all I got tonight, she's alright, and she's eager to please. Those are a return to the early days of Kiss. A little cheesy on the lyrics, but... You know, it's in the vein of Kiss songs about sax. Now, the guitar work by Bob Kulik is absolutely brilliant. And this is another standout track from the four new songs that are included on this record. Uh, it's a great sing-along song that will have you tapping your feet and pounding your fists in the air while singing about sax. Down on Your Knees is just a lot of fun. And this is yet another lost song that Kiss should revisit in one way or another. Now, whether that's Paul Stanley on a solo tour, whether it's during a cruise, or ha-ha, whether it's on the next actual tour, Down on Your Knees would be a great deep cut to pull out for the diehard fans that know the catalog inside and out. I think it would be a great reward for fans who have been around for 20, 30, or even 40 years. Look, if this next tour is really going to be the last big hoorah, then KISS really needs to delve deep into the set list. They need to commit to playing two hours, first of all. Two hours or more. Don't give us a 90-minute show. We need a two-hour show or more. And if you're going to include drum solos and you're going to include guitar solos, you probably need to go over to two-hour mark. Maybe go to 210, 215 and shove some classics in there. Some, or Excuse me, shove some deep cuts in there. Some good, deep cuts that fans want to hear. 
Get off your bums and do it right. That's my plea to, to KISS. Sorry, I went off on a tangent. You know how I feel about set lists. All right, next up is Cold Gin. This is written by Ace Freely, and it was sung by Gene Simmons. And as I've mentioned before on uh, the first KISS episode, episode one, the self-titled album, and I mentioned it before on Double Up, blah, 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 blah. Excuse me. As I mentioned before on Double Platinum, Doing these episodes for albums where material was previously released is hard at times. What can I say about these songs that I haven't already stated on earlier episodes? Therefore, you know, like I mentioned earlier, for these songs, I'm just going to kind of state who wrote them, who sang them, how much I like them, and whether they should have been included or replaced. There's really not much more I can say without being super repetitive. And uh, just kind of wearing it, wearing it thin. And you know, I'm gonna have this challenge as we go through Kiss's illustrious career, because, as, as the fans know, Kiss released a lot of compilation albums. So it's it's gonna be a fun challenge. Uh, in the case of Cold Gin, I I absolutely love this song. It's classic as classic Kiss gets, and hands down, this this song does belong on the record. Next up is Love Gun, written by Paul Stanley and sung by Paul Stanley. And I'll admit, and I'm, I've admitted it before, and I'll admit it again, and I'll say it to anyone's face who asks me personally, Love Gun's not my favorite Kiss song. Um, it, it's, it's just, I don't think it's that great of a song. Now, it's not a bad choice to include on this record. And again, I would have put Shock Me on the record over this song, but if Ace songs weren't allowed, then this one, it's as good a pick as any. Although, you know, you could have left this song off completely and gone with a different classic from the earlier days, like Deuce. But Love Gun's not a bad addition. But, you know, I just, I, I like this song. You know, I, I say this about 97% of the Kiss songs. Even the bad ones are still good songs. And I like Love Gun, and I think it's a good song. It's just, it's, it's not one of my favorites. And, and it's just... I don't know if it's overplayed or what it is, but Love Gun's just not a song um, that I go super crazy about, and I probably wouldn't have included it here. Next up is Shout It Out Loud, written by Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, and Bob Ezrin, and this was sung by Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. Now, the version on Killers, this is a chopped-up version of the song. It's listed as the seven-inch single mix, and it just, it cuts out some of the ending. Instead of the fading, you know, fading with shout it, shout it, shout it out loud, where we, we go and, and repeat that over and over, but instead this ends with an abrupt shout it. So it just, it's got a quick chopped ending, and apologies again for my Catman friend who just insists that he's going to be on this episode of the podcast. Um, the change in this song, while not necessary, it's not horrendous, and it doesn't really take away from the song. You know, this is a song that certainly, it should have been included on this record. It's, it's a rock and roll anthem that was recorded for their best-known and most beloved studio album of the time, and some still say their best album to this day. So adding adding Shout It Out Loud to the compilation made total sense. This is, is really, this is one of the few songs that it was a no-brainer, and Shout It Out Loud absolutely belongs on this album. All right, next up is Sure Knows Something, and this is written by Paul Stanley and Vinny Poncia, and sung by Paul Stanley. And as I'm sure you know by now, I'm not a huge fan of this song. 
and given the other choices that the band could have included, I would not have put Sure Know Something on this record. Even if A songs couldn't be added, Deuce would have worked better here than this track. Now, I, I don't hate this song. I think it's solid for what it is. And as I said on the Dynasty episode, it's a good song for that record. But that was a weaker album for Kiss. Now, I may even have put Shandy on Killers in place of Sure Know Something, as Unmasked is not represented at all, and, and that's okay. It's, it's a terrible album. But Shandy would have been better than Sure Know Something. I also would have worked here, or, or even Odyssey, if you wanted more of a ballad-type song. But I'm sure the label was not going to allow any songs from Music from the Elder to be included after that record flopped. So instead, we get Sure Know Something. All right, next up is Nowhere to Run, and this was written by Paul Stanley and sung by Paul Stanley. And this is another new song that starts side two of the record, and it's another fantastic song. This one is, it, this one is actually not about sex. It's more about a girl that uses the man and then runs away. She's there when she needs him, and then she runs off. And while there's a lot of repetition with Nowhere to Run, Nowhere to Hide being repeated over and over and over again, the song is still pretty strong. I like the opening lyrics to this song, where Paul is taking a stand and he's telling the girl that he was there with a shoulder to lean on, but it's, it's not going to happen twice. If you walk away now, it's over. Don't try to come back again when you need something. Not going to happen. And it's a nice way of showing how you have to take a stand for yourself in a relationship sometimes. Don't let people walk all over you and use you only when they need you. A relationship has to be a two-way street if it's going to work. A one-way relationship is not a good one. And that's true of any relationship. Romantic relationship, friendship, work relationship. Any relationship that's a good relationship is a two-way street. Now, the second verse is it's a solid one and probably my favorite of the song. And <clears throat> the verse goes, Did you think it would open up in the night? Just pretend I'm only a friend and disappear from sight. And then that's followed by, One day you're going to be lonely, wishing I was by your side. And one day you'll think of me only. But girl, you got to take the ride. Well, too bad... Now that the damage is done, nowhere to run. I like the way this portrays that you're going to miss me, the, the, the you're going to miss me theme that has been in a zillion rock songs throughout the years. I like the way it's portrayed here. Nowhere to Run is a great song to blast if you've ever felt used after a rough breakup. This is, the, this is a good song to throw on the old uh, stereo car radio, however you get your anxieties out after a breakout. Shouting this at the top of your lungs would have to feel good in the moment, and, and perhaps you know it'll make you feel a little better and know that life can and will go on. That's the power of music. Music can get us through some of the toughest spots of our lives. No, Now, Nowhere to Run isn't as good as I'm a Legend Tonight, and it isn't as good as Down on Your Knees, but it's still a powerful song that grabs you and makes you smile. It's another rockin' song, as was the request from the record company, and it's just it's another great addition to Killers. Well done. 
Next up is Partners in Crime, and this was written by Paul Stanley and Adam Mitchell, and it was sung by Paul Stanley. And Adam Mitchell is a Canadian songwriter who helped co-write this song as well as I'm a Legend Tonight. And he would go on to work with Kiss on a few more records up until uh, Hot in the Shade. And while Partners in Crime is probably the weakest of the four new songs on Killer, Killers, it's still a solid track. This is, this is a mid-tempo rocker, created by Paul, as were all the new songs. All the new songs were created by Paul. And this is a mid-tempo rocker. The theme of Partners in Crime is it's another classic Kiss theme, sex, but also adultery. In this song, the muse comes to Paul time after time for some hot sex, even though she has a lover at home. Now, it's never stated if that lover is a spouse or just a boyfriend, but either way... There is another lover. And the muse continues to come back to Paul for some extra good loving. Now, the lyrics are short and somewhat repetitive, and the music isn't as strong as the other songs. Hence, Partners in Crime gets voted the weakest of the new tunes. But again, it's still a decent song. It's still a solid song. It's still a great song. It's enjoyable like the rest, but not as enjoyable as the rest. And yet, I still like it better than almost anything. That was done for Unmasked. So, well done there. The four new songs, hats off, and it definitely pushed Kiss in the right direction. Um, and that's going to carry over to Creatures of the Night, which we're going to cover. Not It's not the next episode. Those of you who, who are keeping track and know Kiss releases in order, there's actually an album that comes out before Creatures of the Night. It's not, it's not a Kiss album, though, and I'll get to that at the end of this episode. So... Next up is Detroit Rock City, written by Paul Stanley and Bob Ezrin, and sung by Paul Stanley. And clearly, this song was going to be included. It's an edited version, and of course, the intro from Destroyer is left out. It just it wouldn't work here. It was going to be out of context. Um, but for this release, the release of this compilation, you know, you had to have a version of Detroit Rock City to include. Detroit Rock City was going to make this record. Um, the car crash at the end that bleeds into the King of the Nighttime World on Destroyer, that's also left out. And again, that's that's for obvious reasons. It's not going to work here. But this version of the song, it's a nice radio-friendly edit, and it can be played without having the intro and outro confuse the song itself. So it's a, it's a solid portrayal of one of the greatest Kiss songs recorded, and it's a nice addition to Killers. Next up is God of Thunder. This was written by Paul Stanley, and it was sung by Gene Simmons. And I think I think this song could have been left off the album and, and replaced with something else. And don't get me wrong, I love God of Thunder. God of Thunder is one of my favorite Kiss songs. But there there's already two Destroyer songs on the record, and there's only eight classic songs included throughout. So to get a larger representation of the body of work, I think this song could have been left, could have been kept off. And a different song from the first three albums could have went here instead. As, as I've mentioned before, Deuce could have fit here. But Let Me Go Rock and Roll, which should have been included on this record, or even She, would have worked in place of God of Thunder. And, and you know, the fact that Let Me Go Rock and Roll is not on this album, that's another crime. Um, I think it's one of the greatest songs Kiss has ever recorded. It's definitely one of the greatest songs Kiss did in their early days. Um, top 
five, even top three from their first three albums, top five from their first six albums. So Let Me Go Rock and Roll should definitely be on Killers, and it, it's a crime that it isn't. And it, it could have gone on Killers instead of God of Thunder, and it could have gone on Killers instead of this song, this next song, which is I Was Made for Loving You. And that was written by Paul Stanley, Vinnie Poncia, and Desmond Child. Now, I still don't really care for this song, but I understand why it was included. It was a big hit for the band. It makes sense to put it on a, a hits record or compilation record. As I stated on the Dynasty episode, I'm not a fan of the synthesizers. I'm not a fan of the weak lyrics. I'm not a fan of the repeti- repetitive chorus that never ends. And yes, this version on Killers is an edited version, so the never-ending chorus ends a little sooner, but still not soon enough for my like. Look, I'm I'm just I'm not a fan of this song. I kind of I kind of wish the band would forget about this song for a while and and give a different song a chance. Um, you know, especially on tour, just drop "I Was Made for for Loving You" and let's let's go with something else, guys. Can we, please? Huh? All right. Last song on the album is "Rock and Roll All Night," the live version. This was written by Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons, and it's sung by Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. And as stated earlier, I am glad that they included the live version of this song on the record as opposed to the studio version. It was the live version that put Kiss on the map. It was the live version that blasted him into stardom. So it's it's really it's almost a requirement that you got to include the live version on this record. And I've talked about this song on previous episodes enough that I don't need to revisit those thoughts here. This is the fourth album where this song is showing up. It was on Dressed to Kill. It was on Alive. It was on Double Platinum. And now it's on Killers. So the fourth fourth time this song shows up. Two times studio, two times live. We've already beaten this song to death, and guess what? It's going to come up a lot more in future episodes. They're a little further down the road, but it is going to come up a lot more in future episodes. And at that point, all I'm going to say is, you know, hey, rock and roll all night. I understand why it's here. Most well-known Kiss song in history. Go see previous episodes if you want to know more. Boom, let's move on. (laughs) So, um, you know. It's the Kiss Anthem. It's the most well-known Kiss song, and it's a song that I love. I'm tired. I'm tired of it because it's overplayed. Um, I guess that's a good thing to complain about. If your favorite band has a song that's so well-known that it gets killed from overplay, th- that that's a good problem to have. And I was somewhere this past weekend. Maybe I was at a ball game, or I don't remember exactly where I was, but I was somewhere this past weekend, and Rock and Roll All Night came on, and... I sat there and I sang along to it. Yes, I'm tired of the song. Yes, it's overplayed. But you know what? When Rock and Roll All Night comes on, I'm going to sing along to it. It's just, it's what you do as a Kiss fan. Um, Would I rather hear a different song? Of course. But am I going to turn it off? Absolutely not. All right. So listen, thanks. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for joining me for this episode, this compilation episode, Killers. Um, you got a comment you want to share, email me, psychocircuspodcast at gmail.com. Please be sure to go to iTunes and leave a review. Go to uh, tune in and leave a review. Go to wherever you get this podcast and leave a review. Um, you know, every review helps. Tell your friends. Tell your friends to tell their friends and so on and so forth. And if you haven't done so already, please, please subscribe to the podcast. You can also check out my written works. 
rockandrollguru.blogspot.com. That's rockandrollguru.blogspot.com if you want to see uh, my written works. And you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at RyoV. So uh, be sure to tune in next time where I cover not Creatures of the Night. Creatures of the Night was the next album that Kiss would release. But before they released that album, Peter Chris came in with his second post-Kiss solo record, Let Me Rock You. So be sure to tune in next time where I cover Let Me Rock You. Uh, until then, Carnival.